From the Los Angeles Times, this is Coronavirus in California, stories from the front lines. I'm Gustavo Ariano. It's Thursday, May 28th. Today, as California slowly reopens, people are hitting the beaches, going to church, maybe meeting up with family members. But one thing Californians look forward to all year is still off the table. That's those big community festivals, fairs, concerts, and art bazaars. Those summer traditions likely won't happen until at least next year. One of them is the Jackalope Arts Festival, which usually takes place in Pasadena and Burbank. It's been canceled, and the founders, Sarah Diederich and Melissa Cahoot, aren't sure when it'll be back or what it'll look like going forward. Blue Shield of California would like to take this moment to thank the mothers, fathers, sisters, brothers, daughters, sons, friends, and heroes on the front line. This fight is tough, but so are you. And we're grateful for your courage and your dedication to keeping us all safe and healthy. Thank you. So Sarah and Melissa, describe the Jackalope Festivals. Yes, so Jackalope is unique in the fact that we are a handmade-only event. So when you come to Jackalope, which we host these events in uh, Pasadena, Burbank, as well as Denver, Colorado, um, you will expect to find all handmade vendors from fashion and accessory design, home decor, housewares, art, photography, body products, food, and more. So um, it's a one-stop shop to find all sorts of handmade, unique, one-of-a-kind items. And at each event, we host about 200 vendors. So it's large-scale too. So it's the perfect place to shop small. Yeah, and my, my wife actually used to run crafts festivals, so I know all the work it takes. Like, this is not something that just pops up overnight for you folks. This, like, takes months, if not a good year in advance of planning. Exactly. Yes. It takes us several months to get these things together. Yeah. Like you got to curate who the vendors are going to be. You get all the permits pulled. You have to literally set up the roadblocks, all, all that fun stuff. Yep. There's definitely a lot of behind the scenes things to do that people don't think of when it comes to an event. So at what point this year do you think, oh no, like all this stuff that we've taken months to plan out, we're going to have to postpone them if not outright cancel them because of coronavirus? Yeah, that pretty much impacted us right in the beginning when everything started back in March because we had an event planned for April in Pasadena as well as in May in Burbank. So we really were thrown a curveball there immediately when it came to things because we had been planning these events, you know, last year. We were already thrown into, okay, what do we need to do? Obviously, this event can't happen. When do we think it could happen? And how do we go about handling this? And at what point do you then say, we, we got to cancel this. We, we can't do this anymore, at least, uh, we, at least not for the immediate future. It was basically kind of right in March. It was pretty obvious that at least our April fair wasn't going to happen. So that was the first one to go. Shortly thereafter was May. Then we postponed our May event to June. And then our June event, we had to postpone again. We had an event in July and we have to cancel that as well. So it's kind of just a rolling problem that keeps getting worse. When you finally decided, like, we got to do this, we got to do something that we don't want to do, what was the conversation that you folks had between each other and then the message that you gave both to the fans of Jackalope and also the vendors? 
Yeah, it was really sad. Um, you know, we have made great relationships with our makers and our shoppers. So to not provide this event, which not only supports Sarah and myself financially, but also the majority of our makers. So it just hurt that we could not do this event that we really depended on as well as our artists depended on. So we really took it personally and we wanted to make it known that we really care about all of our artists and our shoppers and we want to make it safe for both. So that's how we approached it was really making sure that they knew that and that we will be here for them. And eventually we can't wait to see everyone in person again. It just wasn't able to happen right now. Sarah, uh, but obviously Jackalope didn't just say, okay, we're not going to do anything at all. You transitioned to uh, online stuff. Yes, we did. So we wanted to think of ways that we could continue to support our artisan community and just our business as a whole. So we started hosting virtual markets where we went live on Instagram every Saturday. That was going really well. We did that for the whole month of April and May. We're continuing to do that, not every Saturday, but select times. So we have a Father's Day one coming up and we're going to try to kind of come up with ways to curate some different sorts of virtual markets to keep it interesting for the public. Yeah. Why is it important to continue to do those virtual markets? Because, you know, other arts and crafts festivals, they've just shut down completely. They might have some blog posts or do a podcast. But in terms of doing a virtual market like that and highlighting them, they're not doing it. But you folks are. Well, we really want to make sure that our makers continue to have a platform. And we think that it's important also just to keep, you know, our business in people's minds that we are going to be there. We're there now and we're going to be there when this is over. Um, and if we just shut off completely, you know, people might not remember us because sometimes when it comes to this sort of thing, people look pretty short term. This LA Times podcast is presented by Blue Shield of California. The fight is tough, but so are you. Thank you, Frontline. This advertiser has no influence over editorial decisions or content. You know, the crafting and makers movement, it really took off during the Great Recession. Like, that, that's one of the reasons why you have so many of these arts and crafts festivals now, the modern day ones. What are the two of you seeing right now with coronavirus? One thing that we're seeing is makers have obviously been transitioning their products to cater to what people want and need right now. So it's been really neat to see how much the makers are stepping up to the plate in that regard. Yeah, they're making masks, they're making hand sanitizers, and it's just cool to see their innovation come through. 
with the times. And then also, I think a lot of them are learning how to use social media more and how to revamp their website presence and their online presence. Since we can't physically go to these events and sell their goods, um, a lot of that is transitioning to be online. Yeah, it's something that everyone should have done already, and now they kind of have to. Exactly, yes. Are there any particular movements that you're seeing now? You mentioned masks, but obviously a a lot of attention is paid on more people are cooking at home. So sourdough starters, kombucha, this. What, what What are some, I guess, movements that are surprising you that more people are doing right now? Um, I guess one thing that... I think has been fun to see is there's a lot of makers who are now also creating DIY kits. So they're putting together kits, whether it be a bracelet making kit or a DIY candle kit. There's been a couple artisans who have been reaching out and doing those things so that people can then learn how to make these items from home. So it not only becomes something to do in a craft, but then um, it also kind of teaches you the behind the scenes. So that's been kind of fun too and something unique that has come out of this. And that even prompted to give us the idea to work, do these workshop Wednesdays where people can tune in on our Instagram on Wednesday morning as well and catch a tutorial and a preview of some of these kits. Oh, that's really cool. Um, So do you still plan to hold Jackalope in the fall? We're sure hoping that we can. Right now, we we still have our Pasadena event on the books for November, and our Burbank event is hopefully going to be in the fall as well. But we're kind of just playing this day by day, and we'll have to see where things lead. Yeah, what are cities telling you right now about when they're going to allow large public events again? I think the biggest problem is nobody really knows. They don't know. <laughs> I think everyone's hoping that we can do something in the fall, But we haven't received any official guidelines either way as of yet. Yeah, I'm sure if and hopefully when we can come back, there's going to be some new protocols and things um, to keep everyone safe. Yeah, it's kind of a waiting game to see when these events will be able to happen again. And unfortunately, at times it kind of feels you know, we'll be the last ones to come back because, you know, everyone wants to be going out to restaurants and bars and shops and all of those things. And so events are kind of, you know, on the back burner until we can really figure out this new normal. Yeah. And, you know, it's sad to hear that because on the other hand, these large public events are just such a hallmark, especially in Southern California during the spring and summer and the fall. You know, people want to be together and feel that energy. And especially with arts and crafts fairs like Jackalope, they want to be able to buy stuff. It's one thing to see it online, but it's quite another to just be wandering around and see these things. Yeah. I mean, especially with the handmade items, it's really kind of important for those vendors to be able to show off their goods in person. That's what makes it so special. And that's what, you know, that's what helps them to be able to compete with these huge businesses is that they're the actual maker and people can sit and have a conversation with them about the quality products that they make. And you do lose out a little on that virtually. We've been able to replicate it as best we can, but it's not the same. 
Yeah. Melissa, what, what do you think we lose uh, when we don't have events like that? Like what's get, what gets lost in the civic square when we can't have festivals? Well, especially for, you know, our type of work and what we do, it's all these small businesses and vendors are really suffering as well. You know, some of them, you know, their online presence is doing well, but for many, not having these physical events is really hurting them. And I would just hate for this to impact them so much that they have to shut down. So that's one of my biggest fears. And so I think that is something that's really everyone is struggling with. But then also, I think as a shopper and me also, I love going to these events and I love going to concerts and everything. It's taking a toll mentally, not being able to be with everyone and be out and interact. And so I think that's something as well that's missing by not having these events around. Yeah. But I would also hope, you know, since we're missing those, there's maybe a, how do you say, like a rethinking, at least for the consumer that, yeah, we should be shopping local always instead of just every once in a while, we should be supporting these artisans and these makers as much as possible, especially now when they need the money more than ever. That's something that we've really seen in this situation is that our guests and fans of of our events have really stepped up to support our market. We've seen the same shoppers come back week after week and support new vendors every time. And that just you know, it was really great to see that kind of support. Yeah, I think when we can come back physically, it's going to be stronger now more than ever because I think everyone is going to want to get out and show their support and show their love. And then finally, in the meanwhile, how can uh, listeners both support your vendors, but also Jackalope? You've already given shout outs to Workshop Wednesdays and your upcoming Father's Day special. What else can people do? Yeah. So we also started an IGTV series um, where we go behind the scenes and feature artists from our handmade community and they can show their products or behind the scenes stories. So that's fun. And that's on our um, IGTV at Jackalope Art Fair. And then our website, jackalopeartfair.com is where everyone can find the virtual markets and all the vendors that have been featured are on there so they can shop from all of them. Um, and then Sarah and I are also starting another project called Local Undercover, and that's going to launch soon. And that's also going to explore and go behind the scenes on small businesses um, and handmade from all across the country. Cool. Sarah, any last words? I think Melissa pretty much got it there with all of the cool things that we've been kind of trying to do to keep the community involved. And, you know, we really appreciate everyone's support during this time. You know, us and our small businesses that we work with need it. And we really, you know, we've been feeling the love. So thanks, everyone. That's it for today's episode of Coronavirus in California, Stories from the Front Lines. Thanks for listening. Do you have a story you want to share with us? Call our hotline at 213-986-5652 and leave us a message. That's 213-986-5652 or email me, gustavo.ariano at latimes.com. This podcast was hosted by me, Gustavo Ariano. Our producers are Paige Heimson and Stan Lee. Our senior producer is Rena Palta and our executive producer is Abby Fentress-Swanson. Our engineer is Mike Heflin, and our original music was composed by Andrew Eapen. If you like our podcast, subscribe and leave us a five-star review on Apple. Special gracias to Julia Turner, Shelby Grad, Hector Becerra, and Clint Schaff. 
For the latest coronavirus stories by my LA Times colleagues, including an up-to-the-minute tracker of cases across California, don't forget to visit our website. Right now, access to facts has never been more important, and the LA Times is in the business of reporting them. Stay connected and subscribe, because your subscription supports the production of podcasts like this one and our award-winning journalism. Visit latimes.com slash support LA Times to subscribe. Stay safe and see you tomorrow.